Hello and welcome to The Haunted. I'm Freddie Young and I am a Mystic Meg impersonator. And I'm Vanessa Mitchell, um, mother of two children and former o owner of the UK's most haunted house, The Cage. Happy Mother's My Day for this weekend. My thing is real then, by the way. I yeah. am a Mystic Meg impersonator. You haven't seen me movie we gone. Uh, don't you need one of those bandana things or something? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Crystal ball. I've got a crystal ball. You can borrow that. I could do Mystic Meg impersonation. If anyone wants to book one for a party, <laughs> send me a message. My rates are cheap because I'm not that good. But he will wear his kimono. I will wear a kimono. And yet, happy Mother's Day for Sunday. Yeah, happy Mother's Day. Mothers out there. Grandparents out there. Yeah, to one and all. Um, have we got any updates this week? Updates on my lion? None. Hmm. Well, all that's is, good, probably, in a way. All is quiet. I did move him to his new spot Yeah. today. I don't know if he'll like it. We'll soon find out. Well, I'll be seeing on Saturday because there's a barbecue around Jules. Yes. So I will be looking at it myself. You can give it the once over. I might get my ghost app and see if I can detect anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so he's, he's in his new spot. He looks all right there. He's still eating his ram, mm. having a nice time. Um, I've got a kebab for dinner tonight because I didn't have any time to cook any dinner. What, so you're getting that on the way home, are you? That Jake's ordering it for when I get in. Oh, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. I'm looking forward to that. The bills are going up. I've just spent an hour moaning at Freddie before doing this because I can't afford anything anymore like nobody else on the fucking UK. Everyone's in the same boat. Rishi is just, don't even get me started on him. His offer to help is just... Yeah, fa oh, thanks for your 5p on the fuel. It's gone up 50 pence in the last three yeah, weeks. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for the rest of the help you haven't done, you wanker. Uh, sorry, a lot of uh, we have a lot of listeners abroad, so you won't know this, but uh, the UK is in a massive, massive financial crisis. We're going into meltdown. We'll be in a full-blown recession, probably by, the, by October, the end of the year. Mass unemployment, nobody can afford anything. Loads of, I mean, you, you name it, we got it here at the moment. I suppose lots of countries haven't, they? Yeah, we're not the only ones suffering. But um, we can't moan when we look at Ukraine. But at the same time, it, it, you know, we're still in a bad, bad position here. And on that real cheery uh, opener and real cheery note, we shall jump into our, our topic. I am going to start off by uh, apologising ahead of time for my pronunciation of things. I've tried my damnedest to learn the pronunciations online and to maybe speak to people that would know how to pronounce them. No one did, so bear with me, I'll give spellings. Check. <laughs> I love it when you get things wrong, if I know them, because it's the only time that I can ever correct you on anything, because as I keep on saying, you're actually very intelligent, far more intelligent <laughs> than me, so I actually like it. It makes me feel like sometimes, on the odd occasion, I might know a little bit more than you. I am a member of Mensa. Are you? No. I should no. be. You should, yeah, you should be. Yeah, but um, uh, but but I ha I have uh, lots of other experience and knowledge of you in different areas. Mm -hmm. I'm just not academically bright. You're at like all. like the Rain Man of life. <laughs> oh, I'm glad to say Rain Man. <laughs> Lord have mercy. God. So this week's episode, if you haven't guessed by the title of this week's episode, we are looking into ancient ghosts. Now, I'm excited about this because I didn't know a clue till you just walked in the door. And this is a bit of me. Yeah, so we're kind of looking into um, some ancient cultures 
ghost stories, ancient cultures, beliefs, understanding of um, life after death. It's been fairly interesting. Um, I'll just jump in. Yeah, Shall jump I? in. Let's, let's go. So we're starting off in ancient Mesopotamia. We've, we've said this word before, haven't we? This place before Mesopotamia. Yeah. Um, huge, huge civilization. Um, and ghost stories here have been discovered to go as far back as 5,000 years. Yeah. Which I think is very interesting. Yeah, well, but that's, you know, there's ghost stories throughout since people could bloody write on parchments. So I'm not surprised about that because they've always been around. Ghosts. Well, not always. Well, of course they have. Well, what what about before there were people? What, are you talking about dinosaur age? Yeah. Right, Freddie. Now, this is... Don't start all that. We're going to start off with a right. really interesting question. Now, we have... I believe, you believe, a lot of our listeners believe that you can have spirit animals. Animals can come back in spirit. Of course, spirit. yeah. Now... I've got proof of that and evidence of that, yeah. Now... That theory, running running with it, um, there would have been spirits of dinosaurs in the dinosaur times. It depends what you believe. Do you believe in Source Universe or do you believe in the Bible story? What, of dinosaurs? No. Are in dinosaurs in the Bible? No. I was going to say, in like, of, shit. Well, no, because apparently this, you know, you know, in terms of the Bible, which personally is, people know I, I don't believe all the words in the Bible because a human wrote it. I know it's supposed to be the word of God, but I don't think God wrote it and sh shot it down. A human wrote it. So anything humans write could be misunderstood, misinterpreted. So I don't believe a lot of the Bible. Apart from that, I mean, God, you know, we know that um, there's proof, geological evidence, that when the sea parted, when Moses was supposed to do it, it was a tsunami. So look, those things happened. Did Moses do it? Well, no, he didn't. It was just there on the day. Or there was some, you know, there was just something that made it happen. But we're led to believe that, of course, when from from the first Bible, the, Old New, Testament. the Old Testament, I, I don't know. The whole thing's complicated. So, so, the, so, the, so, the, so the question is then, if we can have spirit animals, in theory, we could have dinosaur spirits. Do you know what? I would have to speak to someone a lot more knowledgeable than me. Maybe we should ask Simon Ludgate or someone. Because I just... It's or the is first it, time or is you've it... ever said that and, and I've never even thought or considered it or meditated on it. So I just don't know. Or is it a case of that it's been so many millions of years that they've gone now? And or maybe... cavemen, cavemen spirits. Is there cavemen ghosts? Well, we don't know. Or, or, you know, you'd only know that if they manifested themselves. What if they're just... But no, it depends on what the Bible said. You know, apparently, since all before this, um, since the Bible, then there, there, there was people did go to heaven and people did exist in heaven. Now, I didn't say they come back, but we know that's bollocks. We know they come back. But before that, so what was the rules before that? Before Jesus, before God, what was the rules before that? Well, there wasn't any. I'm gonna go. If anybody knows that, that be. If anyone's got a theory on that, that's an interesting thing to discuss. Actually, because... ghost dinosaurs. I'm Joe. You know I might run with. This is my. This is Freddie Young's theory on ghost dinosaurs. 
is that there's been so many millions of years past that they've dissipated. Their energy has dissipated over time. And maybe the spirits we have now in maybe even a thousand years time or 10,000 years time will fade with age. Yeah, so you're talking about <clears throat> the, the, the replaying yeah. of, you know, the woman who crossed the road um, on her wedding night when her husband didn't turn up and in, replays, replays, yeah. replays. In 10,000 yeah, so years, theory, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. the, the energy will dissipate over time and, and they will slowly and be replaced with new ghost stories and new sightings and new spirits and new um, things like that. Maybe. Exactly. See, we don't know the time scale on it, do we? No. It's a really complicated question. I think it's definitely, I mean, honestly, we keep on saying this. We haven't had a guest on for ages or our historian. We are going to get back on that. But I think it's certainly something that we're going to need to get some guests on and, and discuss that. You know, some, some people like Simon who really know their stuff. Yeah. Well, there we go. Food for thought. Yeah, interesting. Within the first five minutes. We are ve- <laughs> you come here for all the answers yeah. and you leave with only questions. <laughs> so back to ancient Mesopotamia. So they believed that when a person's physical body died, it created something that is known as a, a giddim. Now, I know this as a Turkish word. Right. And it's like, I don't know, like, go. Because obviously your partner, your fiancé, is half Turkish. Yes. That's why you know that. Um, And I used to visit Turkey a lot. And my nieces are half Turkish. Yeah. Um, So, I used, yeah, I used to go to Turkey all the time. So I I am kind of half knowledgeable on things Mm. of that origin. So I don't know if it has a connection. I tried to um, look up the... Is it etymology? Entomology of the word? Yeah. Like the origin of the word. Um, I couldn't really find the connection. But when the, in ancient Mesopotamia, when a person died, they created what is known as a giddim. And that is an imprint or image of a person at the time of their death, which retains their memories and personality, but in spirit form. Mm. Um, in mythology of the afterlife of these people... Um, they believed that the soul of the dead would travel to the underworld um, and that was an inescapable place where spirits would dwell for eternity. However, there are, or in some cases, it was thought that the spirits or the Gidim could escape and infiltrate the mortal world. The Mesopotamians believed the Gidim who dwelled in the mortal realm did so because they didn't receive proper burial. And that they assumed that these spirits could not find peace. So instead they would haunt their family and friends. Mm. It's, I would say even now, that is a a common theme. People who have not received a proper burial. Or people that have um, unanswered things in this world will continue to stay. No, I wouldn't say it's anything to do with a proper burial at all. I wouldn't say that. I don't think that's true. Um, I think if if spirits have unanswered questions or, or things they still feel they need to stay to do, I understand that. But I don't believe at all it's about burials. Because when you cross over, 
and the light comes, it's not going to say, oh, sorry, you didn't have a proper burial. You were in a war, so you got put in a pit or you had COVID and you, you got put in a pit. Sorry, you're not coming up. Don't believe that at all. Or do you think maybe then it's a case of, you know, you know, if we looked at the percentages of those who didn't receive a proper burial, I would say chances are their death has been traumatic. In sense. So if we look at the, the boys from the Tower of London, mm. you know, they they was bricked up in, in a wall. Yeah. That was traumatic, but you could attribute that to the fact that they didn't receive their proper burial. Yeah, well, what, I, what I'd say to a proper burial all round is, obviously every soul has a choice to go to the light or not. I believe the light comes for everyone. Right, listen, if you're in a car crash mm. and Jake's there and I'm in there, now you've died and you can still see me and Jake in the car and you're in that state of that initial state of you can see your body in there but you're in a spirit form but you're still you still got human thoughts so you're thinking shit i need i need to stay with my fiance i need to stay with ness i need to make sure they get and if the light comes and you ignore it that's when i think you get stuck now i think the light comes for everyone whether you were in the car crash or in the war or buried in the tower or, or you know executed like, like the boys are I, that's why i say to everyone go to the light because listen you can come back but always go the risk is if you get stuck you know and you get stuck in the gray area you know the light doesn't come every day and say come on you know and that's where obviously rescue mediums are so important or maybe the light stays but your mindset you you, you, you can't find it you can't see it now, this is really complicated stuff, but it's stuff I've done so much research on for years and years and years and years. And I'm not even, of course, I'll know when I'm dead. But I, you know, I, I think everyone has a choice. But if you, if you don't go at, at, at your time, then it's your free will not to go. And so you end up getting stuck. Um, and I think that's with, with any type of death, uh, whether it's a burial or not, because the well, soul release well, is on the point of death, not on a burial. You know, no, I understand that, but that I can imagine then that some people would want to stay with their body in hope that it is, you know, imagine you're you're thrown down a well. Where you think, well, I don't want to, I don't want my body down a well. So you stick around until someone finds it, and and does the right thing with yeah, it. Yeah, but that would be your free will to stay there and haunt someone, look down the well, or to make them, yeah. And then, and you're right, actually, that, 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 that's like classic where, and then eventually. And then once, once that it receives. Then you can be released, yeah. Yeah, and then, because you, because you're, that's your last task yeah. or something. But, then, but I mean? then lots of other people think, right, my body's in a pit, my body's down a well, I'm going to Father God, because there's love Leave and light. Leave it down and, the fucking well. Yeah, because, because, you know, why would, it, it's only flesh and blood. The main thing about humans is a soul. It's a soul that lives on. It's it, it's not the bones of the body that rots and decays. That that's never going to be. But it, it's like a personal thing to people. I you know because I need to find the person that murdered me, put me down. Well, I I need to, you know it it's it's you like a personal mission for them. You know when you're talking about bones and stuff, mm. isn't it weird to think that currently all your bones are wet? Oh, what do you mean by that? Because they're inside you and they're wet, aren't they? Well, they're not wet. They're they not are. wet inside. They are. Also, what would you... If something was drenched in blood, it would be wet. Yeah, but I don't think... You, you, your bones yeah. aren't porous. But they're wet. They're not full of blood. Yeah, but even as a cup, if you, if you, you know, put it, wash it up and put it on the side, it's not dry, is it? It's wet. 
doesn't soak it up. It's not a sponge. If I throw water on the floor, yeah, the floor I, is wet. Yes, but I don't see the, the, the <laughs> relation. If our bones are wet on the outside, where are you going with it? I'm just saying, I think it's a bit strange. <laughs> it's a strange thought. Right, well, that's weird, Freddie. That's a weird, strange thought for you. Um, but we've got wet bones. Right. Uh, to me, I'm not asked. Um, <laughs> it's, it's never going to something I'm going to think of um, after tonight. So, some mum might. Do one. <laughs> take, <laughs> Do one. Take your wet bones and go away. Listen, I have had a week and of, of stress. Everything's going wrong. So, no, I'm not going to add that to my list of stresses this week. <laughs> okay, all right. Thanks for the comment, though. You're welcome. So, um, Again, this is this is maybe a reoccurring theme even up to now, so that the people of Mesopotamia, when they experienced illnesses or misfortune or things just wasn't going their way, they often attributed it um, to hauntings or the Gidim. They regularly made offerings to the dead to placate them um, if they thought that the spirits were responsible. Mm. And a famous example of one such spirit is from ancient literature and is found in the Epic of Gilgamesh. In the story, King Gilgamesh summons his friend and war hero Enkido back from the dead, inviting him into the mortal world in ghost form. Mm. And then um, has to offer him away. And that's the what? Offer him away? Yeah. What? So he invites him back and then he's driving him mad, so he has to tell him to go away. Yeah. Mm. That's a very brief overview <laughs> of the epic tale of Gilgamesh. Right, well, that's given us about three and a half seconds worth of information. You're right, welcome. Move on. Now, this is this is what started me on to the ancient ghost episode. So, uh, there was a news article about a tablet made, made in ancient Babylon around 1500 BCE. and is So, what's BCE? before christ yeah but what's the e stand for because i know that's a certain meaning and i have researched this before and it escapes me tonight but i know bce there is a meaning to that before the common era yeah era our year notations for the georgian calendar yeah google oh, that people it's right. actually quite interesting so bc but... is now bce yeah yeah that's right uh, yeah that's what i'd read yeah Right, anyway. So it's now BCE, yeah. So there's a tablet, um, Ancient Babylon, and it is believed to show the earliest depiction of a ghost. Mm. So it was um, a top scholar of ancient Middle Eastern inscriptions, um, discovered it and has investigated it and done all the research and stuff. So a lot of this stuff comes from him. So it is a clay tablet and it is part of a guide to exercising ghosts and it is held in a collection at the British Museum. So a man called Irving Finkel. Um, he's what a name. Irving, Irving Finkel. Finkel. Wow. Uh, I might start calling you that. Actually, you look like an Irving Finkel. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> my name's Irving Finkel. What a great name. Finkel my tinkle. So they are a curator in the London Museum and they kind of oversee the Middle Eastern department. That Irving Finkel is also the author of the book, The First Ghosts, Most Ancient of Legacies. I haven't read it, but it actually looks quite interesting. But when you just said that to me, you just got your hands and you did this like spooky thing across your face. Like it's, Most I wish you could see us. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, I haven't read it myself, 
It looks very, very interesting. Reviews online look fantastic. Good title. Would recommend The First Ghosts, Most Ancient of Legacies. So the image on the tablet as well, which I think is really interesting, is only visible when viewed from above um, a light. Mm. So it's very faint and mm. you can only see it if you, you do that. Yeah. The museum acquired the artifact in the 19th century, but it's never ever been exhibited. To look at it, you'd probably never even give it a second glance because uh, the area where the drawings are looks like it's got no writing on it. But it's only when you examine it and hold it under the yeah, lamp that these yeah. figures leap across at you. Um, the tablet is small enough to fit in, you know, a normal person's hand, but at least half of it is missing. The object still holds careful, detailed instructions on getting rid of spirits. So really? this, yeah, the direction calls for the exorcist to make figurines of a man and woman, prepare two vessels of beer, and at sunrise speak ritual words, calling to the Mesopotamian god uh, Shamash, mm. and they they was responsible for bringing ghosts to the underworld. So Finkel says the idea was to transfer the ghost into one of the figurines. Yeah, which. Which we hear about a lot when ghosts are supposed to be trapped into objects, you know, like a divot box, stuff like that. We, you know, so that, that that's not an unusual practice, is it? No, and listen, this was like 1,500 years before Christ. So this is like, ooh, quick maths, three and a half thousand odd years ago. Hence my opening comment that ghosts have been around since, you know before we got into the dinosaur bit, because of there course they have. Yeah. So the text's final line urges readers to not look behind you. This warning is probably intended as an instruction aimed at the figurines entering the underworld, but it's possible it's directed at the exorcist. The Babylonian tablet focused specifically on removing an older male ghost by having a young woman lead him into the underworld. Oh, it's a bit sexist. Oh. Oh, look. So according to Finkel, the drawing was most likely made by a master craftsperson who was highly skilled in drawing in clay, and the tablet may or probably was held in an exorcist's library or um, in a temple worship yeah, space. Yeah. I think that's amazing. I think that's super, super interesting. I will post images of this on social media so you can have a look at what I'm talking about. Mm. Um, yeah, interesting that stuff. That is interesting, yeah. It just goes to prove that what we talk about every week goes back so many years that we can't we, you know we, we don't even know this stuff you know it's it's, it's a long long time ago correct mundo so we leave mesopotamia behind and we move on to ancient greece yeah so the ancient greeks believed that two underworld goddesses presided over the spirits of the restless dead they was known as melanoi and mm. hecate Mm. Now we know that one, don't we? We know Hecate. Yeah. Um, because that is the goddess of, and if I'm right, um, uh, witches will call on yeah. um, Hecate and stuff. Anyway, um, Melanoi was thought to oversee the um, things offered to ghosts and spirits of the dead. And she is described in ancient literature as wandering the night, followed by a train of ghosts striking fear into the hearts of all who saw her. Hecate was also associated with spirits and was accompanied by Lampardes as her retinue. Right, what's retinue mean? Um, and you did a shimmy, a shoulder shimmy when you said that, so... <laughs> retinue. 
kind of like my understanding is a bit like an advisor, mm, okay. um, confidant. Yeah. So again, like Melanoi, Hecate led her own procession of ghosts, heralded by barking dogs. The widespread prominence of these two deities in Greek culture um, indicates that the Greeks were fascinated by the concept of ghosts and spirits. And we know they're big in the underworld. We know that they're big on, you know, hell and yeah. the heavens and things like that. So it's it, it's not a million miles away to think that they knew and understood. And It's interesting to, to, to think back to, you know, even with the Vikings, and you know all, all, all their gods how how this all started in the first place you know so many gods so many different religions so many different deities but you know. all have a core belief it doesn't really matter what religion in the world you look at there is always an afterlife there is always and they're always the... similar they're they're always the same jobs similar jobs but they have different names and they have different gods to to, to you know to and they all look a little bit things. different. Some are blue, some have four heads, some fly, some don't. Yeah. Some are good, some are kind, some aren't. Mm. Strange but true. Um, so the ancient Greeks divided ghosts into kind of three subcategories. I suppose we do as well. You know, you've got poltergeists, you've got apparitions, you've got uh, like... Active haunting. Active haunting. Yeah, so you know, it's... Got, there's so many types, yeah. Negatives. The ones that just come back and visit us because they're our grandparents and they go, you know, they go back to heaven in the simplest terms. You know, well, because it's, it's fact, not, not everything's the same. And that's the same in the spirit world, it's the same as in the human world. And so the Greeks recognised that. Um, I would say there are more than three subcategories. But oh, I'd say that as well. They, they've got three recognised. Now, this is where I'm going to absolutely demolish this Greek pronunciation. I apologise profusely. So the three subcategories sub are as follows. Atafoi. Mm. The Aoroi. Mm. And the big one. Biophilahantoi. Right, well. B-I-A-I-O-T-H-A-N-A-T-O-I. I'm not Greek, but I, I reckon you got that one wrong. Biohathathantoi. I'm not even going to try it. Biohathathantoi. Leaving it to you. Biohathathantoi. That's pretty good. <laughs> so we start with the first. So the Atapfoi. The first one I said were believed to be the spirits of people whose bodies had not received a proper burial. Mm. Um, a prime example of this, again from ancient Greek literature, is Elpthenor from Homer's Odyssey. I know Homer's Odyssey. Do you know that one? I've heard of Homer. Uh, don't know anything about it. I've heard of it. In the story, El Elpthenor was a companion of. Odysseus, 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 and, oh, I thought it was a woman. Well, he 
fell off a roof while intoxicated and his body was left without burial. When Odysseus, Odysseus, Odysseus later visited the underworld, Elpenor's shade or shadow appeared and begged the hero for burial. So that's just an example of um, Atafoy, a, a category yeah, of. But again, you know, is it true? Who knows? Well, it's just a story. Yeah, it's a story, yeah. Also, so we've got the Aoroi, and they are the spirits of those who have died too young. These spirits um, left this world with an unfulfilled life and could easily become vengeful after death. So I would say that these probably are your troublesome spirits, or what they believe to be their troublesome spirits. Yeah. Then we've got the Baiathothantos. And these were the spirits of a person who had suffered a violent death, including those who died in battle and at war. Yeah, yeah. And much like the Atophoi, Atophoi, Ancient Greeks believed that these spirits would become active if they were not properly buried. Listen, I, I, I get all what you're saying, but it's a burial thing where it stops with me. Because any any human being passed over to spirit, um, it will be, a, as I said, a personal choice. <clears throat> Everyone has the option to go to the light and, until they, unless it was their thing, until they're buried. Listen, it does. I don't think it matters about burial. But you have to, these, these are ancient people and they're trying to uh, um, understand. And they're trying to understand as best they can. And the only way they can think of it is, oh goodness, like what do the, what, you know, if there's a, a whole battalion of people that have died and they've come, and they, come back to haunt they think well what's what's one thing that they didn't the, the thing with you know the advantage we have these days is we can now record spirit voices we can communicate we can take photographs and of course th these days we couldn't in those days they couldn't so we have a lot more information now so we can narrow it down a lot more so i, I get the intent in it um i think we just have a lot more information now i think where I, we I think can... that's what it is i think yeah. it, it you know grasping to to get an understanding of what is happening yeah. for them is otherwise unexplainable but actually the, the categories when you go back there was no photographs there's no voice evps is actually quite you know quite right if you if you look at it back from all those generations mm -hmm. so i think they've got it right that you know that they're, they're sectioning off the type of spirits so i think in that way yeah they're doing well. um i now have remembered how to pronounce um the name of one of them and that's odysseus yeah Odysseus, that sounds great. Odious, not Ossidious. All oh, right, okay. Ode Odysseus. Yeah. So, anyway, right, back to the ancient Greeks. So, the works of Homer, which, again, I am assuming people are aware of or would have at least heard the name. Um, really famous Greek. Um, yeah. I went to say philanthropist. It wasn't a philanthropist, but... Um, ph ph philanthropist. What did I say? philanthropist i don't care i don't even care either he wasn't one <laughs> um but he, the works of homer provide some of the earliest examples of ghost stories so again we're going back into the underworld and odysseus has encountered his companion he also oh elpenor was his companion yeah. sorry um, i'm just going to put a log on the fire a little log on the fire he also came across the spirit of his mother who is anticlea 
Yeah. Unaware she had passed while he'd been on campaign, Odysseus tried to embrace her but was unable. In Homer's description of the dead, it appears that spirits could hear the living and receive their offerings. However, they were only able to interact with the living after drinking blood, which Odysseus provided. Mm. His mission upon entering the underworld had been to consult the ghost of the seer. Um, and I'm not even going to try to say that name. But whilst there, Odysseus also encounters spirits of brides, unmarried men, um, Virginia girls men who kill, uh, were killed in battle and he said that they was all still wearing their bloody armour and stuff. So, yeah. again, you know, that's not too dissimilar, maybe. Mm. You know, we've 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 encountered, well, not personally, but people have encountered some bloody armoured people and some unmarried men and a few brides. <laughs> a bride is quite a classic spirit, isn't it? Yeah. The, the jilted bride or... That's why women are really stupid. Well, saying that, back in those days, you know, if if your man did reject you, especially if you were pregnant, you had no choice but to kill yourself. I mean, it, it just was never accepted. You know, that, you know, going back, as we often talk about, you know, women had no chance. They still don't these days, to be honest, in lots of respects. But in those days, that's why there were so many more female suicides in those days because the men didn't give a toss. They were like, oh, happy days, on to the next one. And the poor woman... Had no choice but to take herself off to Father God if she got there. Um, in ancient Greeks, people's beliefs on the nature of ghosts were not always consistent. Now, I say it wasn't always consistent. I'm going to say that they're just seeing different types of ghosts because the way they're described really varies. And that's from being transparent and pale or a pitch black shadow, which we know now is the norm. You know, you, yeah, we photograph it now. That that's yeah, we know that shadow you, people. You, you get know, a little ghosts, bit of everything yeah. nowadays. Um, Obviously, in those days as well. Indeed. So we move from the ancient Greeks, and we move now to ancient Rome. Mm. So the Greeks are, you know, have a well documented history. They wrote a lot. There's lots of books and plays and, and writings. The Romans maybe did do these things, but their ghost stories were not necessarily written down as much. And more yeah. often they were shared through um, word of mouth. Um, again, they don't have, in ancient Rome, they didn't have much distinction between types of supernatural being and instead just used the word monstrum uh, to describe them as a whole. And this was used to describe um, positive, neutral spirits, negative spirits mm -hmm. as a general. Well, I suppose we do as well. We just, oh, it's a ghost. It could be good, bad or ugly, you know. No, we don't. We say a negative. Well, well no. Generally, Generally, people who don't do what we do would probably the just normal, say it's a ghost. Yeah. Normal, yeah, everyday normal, folk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the most famous examples of... A ghostly encounter from ancient Rome is found in the literature of Ap Apuleius. I think I've said it right. I hope well, I've said it literature right. Literature of Apuleius. What did I say? Literia. <laughs> literature of Apuleius. So in this, an unpleasant apparition was summoned by a jilted wife who intended for the ghost to kill her husband. The spectre appeared each day at midday until the deed was done. One day, a mysterious woman was sighted luring the man into a room. Uh, when the husband's servants searched for him, they broke down the door to find the man dead. 
The mysterious woman was nowhere to be found and it was believed to have been the ghostly midday apparition. Mm. <laughs> uh, can, how can I get hold of her? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's next week's episode. You'll have to tune in. There's another really popular story as well from um, Latin literature, but from ancient Rome. And it's found in a letter. So the litter, the litter, the letter was written by Pliny the Younger. Mm. And it was dated to the first century. Right. So according to Pliny, there was a mysterious house located in Athens. The house was supposedly haunted and strange noises could be heard at night. The sound of rattling change could be chains could be heard throughout the house at first they sounded far off but gradually came closer and closer finally an apparition would appear in the form of a bearded old man with long hair this haunting vision was described as being chained at both his arms and legs unable to bear the haunting the residents soon left and the house was left abandoned mm -hmm. but the apparition continued yeah. after the people had left yeah so again, yeah, it's, again, it's, no, if I had changed that and didn't say it was the first century and it wasn't Pliny the Younger and, and it was Michael Douglas. Yeah, we'd say all classic, classic, you know, classic haunting, classic reports, yeah. So things haven't changed much. Um, I now move on. There wasn't a huge deal um, on ancient Egypt in terms of like ghost sightings. I know again, you know, with the ancient... The, the big ancient cultures like Egypt, Romans, the Greeks, mm. Aztecs and things like that. Yeah. There's there's a huge focus on the underworld and they have their own kind of subsection of gods and, also, and goddesses. And also quite a lot on aliens as well. Yes. Um, um, oh, what do you call it? I can't think of the correct term, but when they um, carved aliens, I, I, I can't remember the correct, but yeah. Hieroglyphics. Hier yeah, I was going to say picture. Yeah, hieroglyphics. Yeah. So this, um, <clears throat> we go into 1915, and there is an Egyptologist called Gaston Maspero. Oh, he sounds formidable. Gaston, and he published a translation of an ancient Egyptian ghost story. So this is, they believe, is set in Luxor, and it was discovered on four pieces of pottery. And in the story, the ghost of a mummified man tells the high priest of the god. Amon about his current condition mm. so it's translated roughly to I grew and did not see the rays of the sun I did not breathe the air but darkness was before me every day and no one came to find me and that's what the the kind of they believe oh, is, a bit dark. it is a bit dark um, as well they believe that the ghost is trying is complaining of some kind of accident that has happened to him or to his tomb yeah and but they can't they don't really know what but they he's dissatisfied with yeah with what either has happened to him or the state of his tomb um and he's and he's not very happy i move on now to our last um tale it's yeah. very very short but in germany the earliest recorded poltergeist encounter, or, yeah, I did say that, earliest recorded, yeah. uh, happened in 856 AD. Right. Uh, and basically, the long short of it is, there was a, an unseen paranormal force that caused massive disturbances uh, in a farmhouse where a small family resided. It included objects falling or being thrown around, loud noises, throwing stones, and even starting fires. 
again, classic, classic poltergeist yeah. haunting. Yeah. Uh, and going as far back as 856 AD. So again, it's yeah, it's it's, 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 it's yeah. the idea of the paranormal and things is not something that has you know come around from the Victorian era yeah, and or... you know, it's it's it definitely grew in prominence. It is something that has always been around, and it's something that a lot of the ancient people understood and respected. Yeah. Um, so and they tried to understand it. Um, and categorise it as, as and, well. and, and rationalise it, it. Yeah, but it shows it existed. It's always existed. Yeah, and again, like you mentioned, much like aliens and things like that, ancient cultures recorded this and yeah. acknowledged. I mean, how the hell does a, an ancient Egyptian or an ancient Mayan um, give, give detailed, you know, pictures and descriptions of aliens if they didn't exist? It's like really, listen, we ain't the only ones on on the, in this universe. And as as i've described through a lot of the stories today a lot of the kind of um activity that has been experienced for thousands of years is not dissimilar to what we experience today and if that doesn't sell it to you i don't know what will mm. Mm. yeah it's interesting isn't it looking back and and finding out this information and talking about it um any yeah, final just, thoughts? Um, I don't know. I will say one thing. I've had a stressy week and today, for the first time in ages, I went to church because I have a lockdown. I always used to go. And it's not that I believe in or what they say I don't. Um, but it's just a place of peace. And, it's just, and I'll just urge people. You know, I just went and sat in there and, you know, it just feels you know, like a good and safe place. And I'll, ju I'll just say, you know, because I just needed that, you know, I was kind of drawn to it just to go and to, to chill out and to, and, to, and to feel that, you know? And I did that today. And um, listen, church doesn't have to be all about the Bible. It doesn't have to be about that. Sometimes it's about just, just going to that place and make of it what you will. You know, some things you can pick out, you believe this, you don't believe that, that's, that's fine. You know, no, nobody expects you to be um, certainly with our religion, I think especially now we become more spiritual. But I just recommend, if you're feeling stressed out, if you're having dramas, you know, if, if life just seems shit, just go and sit in a church and or, just feel it for yourself. Or find your own little sanctuary, do you know what I mean? It's just, it's just about being mindful I and know, practicing lot, that mindfulness. Yes, yeah, but a lot of people I know, we find our own sanctuaries, but sometimes you just need that little bit more. Um, because you can smell it, it's the atmosphere, it's everything. And there's something special about churches. You don't have to believe in the Bible, you don't have to believe in that stuff. You can believe in source, um, and that, that covers all bases. I mean, there was somebody that said, well, you know, it, it drives God mad or source mad, that it's all sectioned into different religions. That, that was never the point. That wasn't supposed to happen. It is there is one source, you can call it what you want, you can say, because human beings wrote all these Bibles and the Quran and everything else, but there's just something up there. And if you give it a chance, I mean, for me, I can sit on a field and feel like that. But, you know, sometimes churches, especially old churches, there's a feeling about them that just gives you some sort of peace. And I'm definitely going to re recommend just, listen, if everything's on top and you've done your usual stuff to de-stress, go and sit in a church for a little while. It might not work for you, but it might. But Or you can have a vodka.
Yeah, or you can go to church and have a vodka afterwards. And have a nice little bath and sit in the sun and appreciate the world. But that's what I'm saying. A lot of people do that anyway. But if you need extra, if you need something extra. A little top up. Just try and just just see. Just, Just go and sit in a church. Well, that is this week's episode, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you've enjoyed it. I apologise for all of my pronunciations because they were absolutely horrific. I hope you've learned something today. I hope we have educated you in some kind of way. I thought it was quite interesting. Um, yeah. And that's that. I think we definitely need to get hold of our historian and we need to do some other good in-depth episodes and we need to get some guests on. I know, like we've had, like you know, you've moved, I've moved. We've had loads of stuff going on, but I think definitely logistics haven't to... been on our side. Yeah, for a little there's while. a lot of stuff. Cause it's a lot of work doing these podcasts, isn't it? You know, it's a lot of work. But I think, yeah, I think it's time we got back and had, you know, and let's have some guests on. You know, I would like a guest. We still keep on saying we want people who listen to our podcast to come on and tell us their personal experiences, and so you can be live on with us. You know, and. And and tell us what you know what what you're thinking and what you've experienced. So that is a call out there to anybody. If you want to come on, just let us know. You can email me, thehauntedpodcastofficial at gmail.com. You can reach us on social media. So that is Twitter is the Haunted Pcast. Instagram is the Haunted Podcast Official. Facebook is the Haunted Podcast Official. And TikTok is the Haunted Podcast. We hope you have a pleasant rest of your day. We hope you're sleeping well. And, um, yes, we know that times are hard and friends are few. (laughs) But through the email in which you can contact us, you can also donate in helping the podcast grow and get us out on the field. So if you wish to do that, a pound is all it takes. 20 pence. It's all it takes. Um, And you can do that through our email address as well. And that will be posted in the episode description. And if you can't remember it, you can rewind 15 seconds and listen to me say it to you. Um, Yes, be good, be safe, be honest. Get plenty of sleep. Drink lots of water. Visit a church. Have a nice Yeah, just go. Honestly, just just try it. Listen, if you've never tried it before, just try it. And whatever's up there, you know, whatever you may call it, you don't have to be religious. You don't have to believe in anything. Just go and try it, and your own instincts and go and feel it will tell you if it's right for you or if it's not. But it's worth a try. <gasps> Ciao for now. Say bye then. Oh, sorry. Go on then. Bye. <laughs>